0: in the in the short term we're going to continue looking for those integrations those ways that we can we can work with management systems and things like that so that a church who's using abc management system we're just loading that stuff in and it's a seamless
1: Welcome to the Social Media Church podcast. I'm Neil Smith, and I'm so excited about today's conversation. We have my good friend Drew Landrum uh, from Secure Give with us. Drew, thanks for joining us.
0: Yeah, Nils, thanks for having me. Um, Social Media Church is—it's an awesome podcast. So this is going to be a lot of fun um, getting to hang out with you here today.
1: Yeah. So I have been a fan of Secure Give for many years. When I was at Community Bible Church, we. Uh, we were customers and we, we, you, we, you know, I think where, where I became introduced to secure give was through the giving kiosks, uh, as we had those, uh, throughout our, our church, uh, there in San Antonio. Uh, but I'd love for you to give some background on who is secure give what's the, the background and you know, what, what are you as a company?
0: Yeah, sure. And just let me say Nils, you're always at the forefront of technology. It, it does not surprise me that when you're a community Bible, you were the guy that discovered the kiosks. Uh, that makes a lot of <laughs> sense to me. You know, Secure Give, uh, 18 years is how long we've been in business. Wow. Um, you know, kind of the the fast cliff note version of that story uh, is Dr. Marty Baker, um, who owns Secure Give. He also pastors a church here in Augusta, Georgia, called Stevens Creek. Essentially, God gave him a vision. Uh, and Marty chased that vision down. He was trying to problem solve for a capital campaign in his church. And uh, yeah, you're exactly right. He, he kind of uh, didn't have a development background, but was d- committed and devoted to figuring out. So he created a kiosk and uh, it became a, a media feeding frenzy at one point. Uh, just, you know, everybody wanting to, you know, Highlight this pastor who created this machine to accept donations. And uh, that went on for a little while. And then it, it, the bakers really had to decide are we going to start a business? Um, the demand had just uh, shown to be so high. So they did that. And Secure Give, you know, since then has just been growing and growing and growing. We've been able to help so many churches, so many people and uh now you know in 2023 we have so many amazing tools in the tool belt mm-hmm. to to really help churches that go far beyond um the giving kiosks so that yeah that's yeah. that's a little bit about us kind of how we we got to today and uh, we're having a lot of fun man
1: yeah what, and I, I love, I love even your name. Uh, I think it, it communicates, uh, in many ways, what what you do. And it, one of the unique distinctives of you is that it's, you know, when we think about our giving, security is important, uh, sure. and and you have provided that. And I think it's why you've been in business for eighteen years. That that I think. Uh, for those, you know, many technology platforms that have come and gone, uh, that are serving churches often haven't been secure, haven't been stable. And honestly, the church I think has gotten seconds, uh, when it comes to technology historically. And I don't think that's the case anymore. And it's one of the things that I love is that there are uh, some great options, uh, when it comes to giving in particular for the churches. I, um, uh, you know, I, I like to, uh, pride myself on staying, uh, Neutral in 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 the technology space, sure. but but I think it has been challenging for me uh, because I have favorites, uh, and Secure Give is no doubt uh, my favorite. And that that in many ways, your technology I think is great, uh, but what I have come to love most about Secure Give is is you, you know. And it's it's getting to know Marty, getting to know the team, is the people uh, behind Secure Give. Love Jesus, love the church, and the technology is great. And, and I think i've I've never heard or seen any users of secure give have issues uh but but I think at the end of the day what I what I can't say for other you know competitors in the space uh, is that I know who to call and I know uh, the people behind all of the technology and I know their hearts behind it um, and so I'm so grateful we met uh drew that one of the things that I, I love even about this our relationship is that we met on a golf course uh you oh, yeah. Had great grace for me uh, with all the lost balls uh, that I had on that golf course. But we we met met talking about we met talking about crypto giving, uh, and you you are you know I think your hunger to like I want to figure this out, understand this, Um, and then you know I believe you're probably the first platform to accept crypto uh, donations uh, into your you're giving. Uh, tell me your process of innovation of how, how did that come about for you?
0: all Sure. Well, you know, crypto specifically, Nils, is really interesting. So we we were getting uh, requests for crypto giving several years back. Um, you know, the Bitcoin obviously being the, the most uh, popular Digital um, cryptocurrency and people are just saying, hey, you know, we've got people tapping us on the shoulders, want to give Bitcoin. But the demand didn't quite um, meet the, the the effort, if you will. But then um, to to your point, when you and I met and I, I learned a little bit more about your background and some of your teammates, um, we partnered with InGiven and InGiven and is an amazing crypto company that processes donations for us and so it was like hey you guys have already done the hard work how can we come together put a front end and secure give and you guys take care of everything else and i gotta be honest it was the most straightforward easy natural uh, relationship that i i would argue that we've had to date with partners, and so kind of our our vision there is, we we believe it's here. We believe mm. that it's not going anywhere. Um, I believe coins will come and go. I think that you know um, there will there will probably like end up being like your core three currencies, four currencies, maybe that just really stick around. But it's here. And mm-hmm. we also recognize that blockchain technology, uh, it's going to revolutionize a lot of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. the, the uh, cryptocurrency aside, the blockchain and what it's capable of doing for, you know, economic mm-hmm. infrastructure all over the world is going to be pretty interesting. So we knew yeah. that we needed to position ourselves um, to be able to, you know, meet that demand as it comes in. Um, I'll never forget it was uh, at the same uh, same meeting that we met, Nils, we were at a dinner that night and I sat down with a group of pastors and I can't remember if you guys spoke and you mentioned crypto, but but crypto was introduced at the dinner table. and this pastor said, I had someone just a few weeks ago approach me and ask if I could give a quarter million dollars in crypto. And it was at that moment that I go, okay, this is different. And this was a, you know, a, a wonderful church, but it's a Baptist church, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, so anyways, I, I say all that to say we're really excited um, and we're ready. We're So if, if any church, you know, wants to learn more, um, give us a call. We'll, we'll be able to help them out.
1: I love it. I love it. And I love, too, your, your hunger to innovate on behalf of the church and honestly your eagerness to make it easy, uh, for churches, because I think crypto is not something that needs to add. It's confusing. And, and I think I'm somebody who lives in the crypto space and I'm confused by it half of the time. Um, and so I think at the end of the day for that pastor to not have to worry about how do I do this and how do I, you know, find a platform. They just talk to their giving platform and turn it on and let somebody donate that quarter million dollars in crypto. Uh, I, I love that just even accessibility for churches where I, I think at the end of the day, good technology disappears um, and just provides a an opportunity uh, to make it easy for churches to, just like you've always done, of to be able to take credit cards in the lobby, to be able to give uh, through your mobile device, to be able to give crypto uh, and do those other things. So Drew, I want to dig in and I, and I reached out to you, uh, as, as you know, the, the historical great debate in church technology to app or not to app, uh, and should, should churches have a mobile app? And it's one of the things that secure gift has invested into. I'd love to know how you guys have approached apps and then let's talk strategy. Like how should churches use an app and like, what's the good and the bad when it comes to church apps?
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, this is this is a a fun topic, you know. Our our journey to church apps has been an interesting one. Um, we honestly stayed away from it for a long time. Um, you know, there are some really solid church app providers in the space, and to be honest with you, we kind of looked at the the options that were out there and like, hey, what what a us entering that, what are we, what are we gaining? You know, it's already being done. It's already been done so well. And we, we, we kind of leaned into that side, but then COVID, (laughs) you know, like everybody has a pre and post COVID story. I think for security of ours is church apps Mm -hmm. and um, over, over COVID um, man, we just, Call after call after call, just just seeking a solution that can be, you know, stood up quickly, that can meet all of the engagement needs, that can live stream. I mean, just all the stuff. And we realized that because of, um, you know, the, the way the church evolved so quickly, we had to do something. And so you're exactly right. We, we, we did what we needed to do. To stand up our uh, church app environment, and um, you know, there's there's a great debate out there. You you just mentioned that to app, not to app, and yep. I think there's some really good points on both sides. But for SecureGive, our our main focus is that you have a tool that the church goer. Can interact with your church at every level, yes. so you know we we look at web your website that's that's your that's your primary marketing tool, and you can parlay some of those things in your church app, of course. But your yep. church app is really the experience tool um, that you know you want your church goers interacting with, and so one of the things that we've tried uh, really really hard to do when we we put together this infrastructure for the church app is to truly truly be customizable now Mm. when you look at the way that our apps are built and designed and all of those things um, you can make it as simple or as complicated as you want but the Mm. the end goal is to make it however you want to make it and uh we've had to overcome some challenges there because there you know there can be a bit of a learning curve um yep. but it's 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 been really good and so yeah I mean I mean for secure give we're we're team church app I, you know that's not just like a a sales posture yeah. for us like it legitimately um it it it, it provides and meets a need uh, that you really can't recreate any other any other
1: way yeah I love it. I went, and I'm eager to hear where where you're where you're thinking about church apps going. Uh, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you my experience and my my thoughts as I've gone down the path. I, um, you know, and I I appreciate your your compliments earlier. I am an ever tinkerer when it comes to t- technology, and um, and I actually built uh, one of the first church apps back probably 15 years ago when that, when the iPhone first came out, I, I found a platform that you could build an app on. The truth is it was terrible, but it actually got into like the, the media local in San Antonio. And, uh and, and it became this incredible like front door, like, a, you know, they wrote a newspaper article about it and it was just, it was because it was early technology and there were very few apps. And, and when you would search San Antonio in the app store, our church app would be, was number one or two for the first five, three years, The reality is, though, that was fun being on the front edge. It didn't really serve a purpose, though, either, other than in that season, it was a front door. Churches today, though, an app. I think the perception is if we build an app, it's going to attract a lot of people. And the reality is it's not that. It it is not a front door for your church. And I think to your point is your church, it's for your church goers. Uh, It's for your church members. It's whatever language you want to give to that of your website it's for your first time visitor, you know, and it's for people that are coming in and you have other functions on your website. And a church app is a bonus, not a necessity, but I do think it's a very valuable bonus. And I think for things that you use regularly, you typically have an app. And so whether that's for, you know, we, I'm an Uber guy, so I use Uber eats. I use Uber, you know, for cars and, you know, uh, it's, it's a, it's an essential tool for how I get around, uh, and how I access things with our church. You know, we, we consume media with our church. We, uh, when, you know, with our home church, we sign up for things through, you know, and we use our church app, uh, to engage consistently with our local church and we give through that app. Um, and so as church goers, we definitely use the app. I barely go to the church website, uh, because I know when our church service times are, I'll check that um for, for some kind of updated announcement. So I think practically understanding a church app and a church website are two different things that have different purposes. Um and I think they can coexist strategically. Where I get really excited, Drew, about church apps is is when it comes to things like kids checking. You know, when it comes to things like your personal profile and how that interacts with me. My unique experience. I, I think there are plenty of other advantages with push notifications and having that home screen, you know, that app experience where it's just like, okay, my church app is, is right here. I don't have to remember the domain and Google my church every time I want to get to the website. Um, Drew, what? How do you approach? Like, even where where are you going uh, with the secure give church app? And what are some of the innovations that you maybe get excited about into the future? And I don't, I don't want you to give away your roadmap uh, right. because there's things where it's like people, you know, like, well, you said this. Uh, but I'm curious, like, what do you dream about? Where do you where do you see this technology going?
0: Yeah, so you know, Nils, for us, um, the way that we've always operated um, as a product offering is we we seek to be the main. Um, we we want to get along with everybody, okay? And so for us, whether it's at the API level or it's partnerships or you know, we, we want to do what we do, which is giving and church app and then anybody else that we deem as doing something really, really good. We want to figure out how can we partner. So that's how we're approaching church app. So we we don't necessarily feel the pressure to provide secure give solutions for every single layer of a church through the church app. But what we can do is we can go to the planning centers of the world. We can go to the rock of the world and these these management systems and Salesforce and all these really cool tools that we're getting to build stuff out with and we're able to go and say, "Okay, you're already doing that really, really well. How can we how can we get that experience inside of our app? Let it live natively and provide that experience to the church and the church goer. You know, I learned early on um, working in this space that it is, it is not always valuable and sustainable to try to do everything.
1: Yes. Um, Yes. You know,
0: it, it, you know, church is really, really unique Um, uh, church is ever changing, people come and go, uh, it's just a, it's a unique world. And so we, we learned that the more willing we are to partner with other, other tools and and companies that we're actually doing the church a lot of good because we allow Mm -hmm. them to keep options around us. So when you ask about innovation, where we're going, In the in the short term, we're going to continue looking for those integrations, those ways that we can we can work with management systems and things like that so that a church who's using ABC management system, Mm -hmm. we're just loading that stuff in and it's a seamless experience um, for for the church. You know, you ask where things are going or where I think things are going, you know, you're right at the roadmap level, you know, um, there's, we've got it to this year, and then we've got it to five years, right? And that, that changes all the time. So probably wouldn't do me a whole lot of good to dig in there. But I can tell you that what we're paying a lot of attention to is web app. Um, Web app is an interesting Mm -hmm. thing right now to us, because a lot of a lot of product offerings, including ours, um, you know, HTML5, and then even just the ways that, um, you know, responsive sites and that, the evolution that's happened there is is really impressive. So yes. one of the things that we're kind of debating on around as we build out church apps is are we also putting ourselves in a position that should the marketplace go, Hey, web apps have evolved to the point where I can do all of the things that I do in a native app. Am I ready for that? Um, because we, we even with, uh, the church app and the giving side, you know, there's a, um, there's a, there's a relationship that you've got to continue with, with Apple and um, you know, Android and the play store and all of these things, which is good. Um, But the, the internet, the web is saying, Hey, I'm a contender in this space too. Um, And so that's one of the, that's one of those things that's like, we're, we're looking at. um, And and how can we leverage that? And how can churches leverage that? Um, So anyways, that, that, that would be my, my, my. I love that. My guess of kind of where some things may be heading. Um,
1: yeah, and I think I think one of the challenges is in in the app space is 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 in many ways you've got to go through Apple and Google, uh, and and these you've got these kind of two behemoths that at any point can change any of their policies, uh, can change any of their systems, and you've got to adapt and adjust to their you know, basically governance of the ecosystem. And and for the most part, that's for good reason of why, you know, like it keeps junk apps out of their platforms. But I think it also can limit, you know, I think our, uh, what churches can do. And I think we always want to look at how do we not put ourselves in a place of, uh, of being controlled by a big tech or, you know, what happens if our Facebook page gets shut down, our YouTube channel, we talk about a lot on here. And I think I love, that you're focused on web apps and what that can do and mean for churches not be dependent on mobile apps. Let's use these platforms that people are are naturally using, but be prepared elsewhere. I do wanna, I love Drew, that you're approaching the technology systematically like you are because, and I I wanna create a comparison for church leaders as how I approach a lot of technology systems is like with websites, you you have two different options that I, I generally say of like, you have like a Squarespace where with Squarespace, you can have your domain, your hosting, your content management system, even email marketing, all within Squarespace. But the reality is you're limited. Uh, and so I like to have a technology stack that uses GoDaddy for domains because it's the best domain host uh, that I found. And I can you know switch things around. I like to use you know, uh, and and uh, I, I can't even think of the name of the host, cloud waste for my hosting. Uh, it's just the most stable uh, hosting that I found. I like to use WordPress because it has the best, you know, content management system and SEO on websites. Sure. And so I integrate those things. In, and then I, use, I like to use MailChimp for email marketing because it has the best open rates. And because they specialize in those technologies that integrated together creates, I think the best website digital marketing experience rather than Squarespace. That's an okay, a little complicated with the domain at the end of the day, what Squarespace does best is makes it easy for me, but it doesn't create the best user experience. And I think what you're saying that secure give is doing is that we, we could do everything, but we're not going to be great at those things that we're doing. So let's find people that are like in given with crypto and let's integrate with them. And I think that creates the best potential and possibilities for Churches um, and and it can feel complicated and confusing, but I think you're you're actually enabling them to have the best user experience, um, and you you've actually partnered with these individuals to to still make it easy for them. Um, so I love your approach uh, and just want to encourage you with that and, and just even put just, some uh, skin on those bones uh, for, for for our listeners. Um, what you know, I, I think as you uh, think about security. Uh, when it comes to online giving, um, what what how how do you approach that, and what what has differentiated Secure Give? Uh, because I think there continues to be a lot of you know concern about how do we, how do we handle cybersecurity in churches. That's we hear that in like the tech world, uh, but how do we know, and what should churches be doing to just make sure they're being secure both in their Providers that they're choosing, and just even in their internal systems uh, with their security.
0: Yeah. So, point blank, security is the the most important piece of anything uh, we do here at SecureGive. It's a it's a massive responsibility for a company like ours um, when it comes to security, and and it's something that uh, is ever present every day. Um, and our culture and our leadership. Um, it, it's, it's just a topic that lives here regularly. And, you know, one of, the, one of the things that's, you know, both really interesting about, you know, payment security, and then also adds to the responsibility is it's always evolving. Um, you know, payment methods, um, encryptions, um you know now we're, we're layering in digital currencies those kind of things i mean there's just uh it, it's there's a lot to keep up with so when you're when you're managing something like that and when you're ultimately responsible because here's what we know at secure give uh one blemish you know you can uh it can really rock your business and so um you know we 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 essentially have a perfect record when it comes to people's personal payment methods. And so we take that very, very seriously. You know, two things come to mind uh, right out of the gate when it comes to how do you I think what you're asking is, like, how do you approach security? How do you ensure yeah. security? And, you know, first things first is your team. Right. So yeah. um, secure give is. Um, our our de- development team is here. Uh, they're here in Augusta. You know, they're in a in a building next door to where I'm filming this podcast. Um, so it's a it's a tight team um, that has a lot of oversight. Um, but you know, our DevOps program is is very very sophisticated, um, and we have so so much monitoring in place um, that. You know, it's interesting, you'll be in meetings and like you'll hear uh, the DevOps team and some of our engineering team, they'll like, they'll even allude to like overcorrection, like uh, things didn't happen because it was too tight. Um, And so then it's kind of like literally reverse engineering that process to make sure, okay, there's enough room for that process to at least take place. But that's really how um, you know you've got you've got to approach it. And then, of course, there's you know uh, I could bore you with PCI compliances and things like that that uh, at the federal level you know we're kind of held we're beholden to. Um, but also you know program, programming language. One of the coolest mm-hmm. things to me about Secure Give that um, I've gotten to watch, especially in the last four or five years, um, you know it, this could be tucked into the SecureGive story, um, but we've essentially rebuilt SecureGive twice. Um, we had to rebuild it, um, you know, just to really update all of our systems and our, our, um, our core databases. And then we updated it to be a, a modern software. And when we rebuilt it to be a modern software, we chose a language called Scala. Okay, and listen, I can't write one line of code, um, but I, I do know um, and have been in enough uh, dialogue about it to know that Scala, that programming language, is it, it's highly, highly secure. Um, you know, there's uh, it, it would be a government grade type programming language um, that some of your government firms, your Booz Allen Hamiltons and some of those, it's probably a best practice there to write in those languages. So, you know, um, that's, that's sort of a piece of it too. Like you've got to pay attention to the evolution of the code um, as you pay attention to the evolution of the payment landscape, because those things have to evolve together in order to maintain the highest possible security that you can. Um, you know, you said you, you liked our, our business name. Uh, Marty will um, come in and, you know, he'll, he'll uh, attend staff meetings and some things like that throughout the year. And he's always like he's a, his words literally are clear, not cool. Um, and sometimes we have mm-hmm. to like, Hey, Marty, it's okay to, you know, loosen your tie and let's be cool a little bit on it. But, but he's right. I mean, yeah. he uh, he's exactly right. Secure give is extremely clear and, and yes. it, and it says indefinitely those things that we care about and those things are security and generosity um, in the local church. So that's kind of a yeah. little bit about how we, we handle that. Um,
1: and and I think these, and just even knowing the the right questions to ask, and I think it's important to to continue uh, to to analyze your your security processes as a church. And I and I think it's it goes. I mean, I think your giving is probably most significant in that aspect. But I think this goes for your emails, your database systems, your uh, social media accounts, the number of times that I've worked with the church and they will just email me their, their social media passwords. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You could go, go change them right now. Uh, and we need to create a better system for how we're sharing passwords, how we're storing passwords, how we're uh, logging in. Are we using double authentication? I think, I think there are, and it, and it can feel like we're uh, it, it's like wasting time and it, it, it's not, it's not going to help us reach more people uh, with, with, with the gospel, when, when we, you know, take all this time to change our passwords all the time. But, but the reality is if we lose trust, that that will hinder us from effectively engaging our congregation. And so we have to do things just like if we if we didn't lock the door on our church building and we just allowed it to get vandalized, we got to be smart with security systems in our physical properties. Uh and and we we need to be smart with our security systems with our digital properties. Uh and 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 I think we one of the ways, and probably the most one of the most significant ways that churches will continue to be attacked into the future is digital, you know, cyber attacks uh, in in different ways. And I think we have to be smart uh, with what vendors we're providing, we're, we're working with, what uh, staff you know access we're giving, what volunteer access we're giving. Uh, so cybersecurity, while it's not exciting, uh, is just critical uh, to our mission, uh, and and accomplishing our mission. And it's just wisdom. And and so I think it's one of those things of, it's not fun to talk about here. Uh, I like talking about apps and, you know, some of those things, but I, but I think we've got to be wise, uh, in all of these technologies that we're building and using, uh, to, to be smart with how we're using them. So thank you for going to the weeds with me. Oh, for sure. I was just going to say, you know, you
0: talked about asking questions, um, you know, I, real quickly, this is something that we've said to our own staff. This is something that we've said um, to churches evaluating our product. You know, if we go back, you know, five to ten years ago, pre-COVID, uh, so, you know, look at it that way. Yeah. Uh, church is still passing the plate inside of their and um, their churches. Well, what what happened after that collection took place? Mm -hmm. Um, Your volunteers who were responsible for that, they've all probably been vetted, likely um, had a process to um, get a role as a money handler in the church. They probably went to a room. They locked a door. You know, a lot of churches typically do that. There's accountability in the room. And then you deposit it in the safe and people see you do that. If you went through that much trouble for your physical money, right? You should be willing to go through a whole lot more trouble for your digital money, because yes. you 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 just can't imagine um, how much no good is out there when it comes to digital money. So what I what I would say to any pastor. Um, you know, who who is using a a digital giving service or any of those things, go ask hard questions to that organization, ask them, use questions like, you know, what are your what are your security risk measures? What is what are those things um, that you you can provide to me should something happen? Um, Tell me about your record, you know, just all of these things, because that is who's handling the money. yes, And, um, you know, so I just I want to say that because it's like, if you can't see it, um, then there's like this thing we do as humans where we just assume that it's going to be okay. Um, But that's, that's so far from from the case, um, when it comes to to digital money. So you're exactly right on on, you know, pushing and asking, asking those types of questions.
1: Yes. And I, you know, I think with that, you, sometimes you, you will feel like, I don't even know what question to ask. Just ask, you know, just yeah. ask like, what are, what are you doing to keep this secure. Ask your volunteers to maybe bring in, maybe there's an IT volunteer in your church that you could just say, hey, can you challenge our systems and just help me to ask the right questions internally and to our vendors? Uh, And and they can help. There's somebody, I think, in your world that can help you ask the right questions. And if not, just ask somebody to explain it to you Uh, and say, I don't know what to ask, but help me understand how, what we're, what we're doing to make sure we're secure. And I would, you know, I think two challenges with that, if they can't explain that to you, that's a problem. And two, if you can't get a hold of somebody, uh, for, for your providers that can, that can answer your questions, that's a problem. Uh, because if you have, you know, this is a critical piece to your church. If you're not able to receive funds, uh, for your church, uh, and that gets cut off for any reason. Uh, that's, that's obviously going to hinder you from accomplishing your mission. Uh, and so this isn't something to passively address. This is something to actively, uh, pursue, uh, and just make sure you're getting right. Um, I, you know, I think I'm just so bullish and I, 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 I have scars. There's two situations that I think about. And one, uh, is when I was, you know, when I was at community Bible church and we had an app and our app. Company literally went down and disappeared, um, and we uh, and and I couldn't call anybody. I couldn't get a hold of anything, um, and we had you know tens of thousands of users in that app. It was a critical part of how we were doing what we promoted, and and uh, and it just you know I chose the wrong vendor uh, in that moment and learned an incredibly hard lesson. And I honestly you know and, I, and it's one of the things that I've been concerned about on this platform because that was a vendor that I told a lot of people about. People were like, hey, you told me about this company. I can't get a hold of them I'm like me too. Uh and and it was just that was a hard lesson for me uh in in who I worked with and even who I who I shared. Um and that's where Drew, I feel so comfortable having you come on here because I trust you. Uh and and after 18 years and having a perfect record, that speaks for itself. And and then I think the other side, you know, lesson that I I, I have experienced is is even, and I think we're experiencing this in. And I don't want to go down the down a path of, um, you know, creating creating fear and panic, but but I have ministries that I work with that, that they're having their technologies shut down, uh, they're giving and some other marketing platforms because they're a church and technology companies. Uh, that aren't Christian owned, don't always want to work with churches in, in Christian ministries. Uh, and I, I think making sure you're working with companies that aren't going to just cut you off all of a sudden, uh, because that does exist. Uh, and and that's not all companies, and that's not all technology. But I, I think that is something we need to be thoughtful about, uh, of who we're partnering with and what's uh, what what their alignment? Why do they want to work with us? Um, and why would they maybe not want to work with us? And I, I think we've got to be thoughtful and careful with those things. And um, yeah, and that's where I get just so excited about a company like Secure Give that I know you take. The people off of it—they're providing great technology, and their their record speaks to themselves. But I think on top of that, you add great people who love Jesus and are passionate about the mission of the church. Um, and so I can't be more excited. And I, I think Drew and I—I I probably uh, have come across as somebody who's getting paid by Secure Give. There is no uh, there is no <laughs> affiliation to Secure Give other than just a, a g- golf buddy uh, that, that I love uh, hanging out with, <laughs> and, and my golf buddy. Uh I mean uh you play golf and I got just swung a stick uh, at a ball and uh, and I got to watch you dominate a golf course. So I Drew I'm grateful for who you are, I'm grateful for what you do, uh and I'm grateful for your friendship. Uh anything else that you would love to share or how can people get a hold of you?
0: Sure. Yeah, so um I'll leave you with this. You know, one of the things that SecureGive is really focused on right now is the digital wallet, and so yeah. we are. Um, we've talked a little bit today about crypto, um, but we're also this year we're deploying all modern forms of payment. So uh, on all of our machines, on all of our web-based platforms, our mobile apps, all of those kind of things—things things like Apple Pay, Touch to Pay, paying with your Apple Watch—you um, know, EMVs and pin-based debits—and all of those kind of things that. Um if you if if you aren't seeing a lot of it now in your church, believe me, it's coming. Um and so, you know, if if those are types of technologies that um you think would be valuable to your church, uh, by by all means, you know, we'd be glad to to help you. You know, get in touch with super East, find everything you could ever want to know um, about us. And, um, you know, would love to anybody that's listening to the show interact. My email address is Drew, D-R-E-W at securegift.com. And let me say to anybody listening to this show, Nils is the man. I have had the opportunity to watch him, um, lead rooms and lead leaders in this space. And I'm telling you, the guy knows what he's talking about. So if you're new to this podcast, um, you know, if you're, you're investigating different topics, just know that if you landed here with Nils, he's highly credible and he knows what he's talking about. He loves the local church. And, uh, I know both as a friend and a colleague that he can be extremely valuable to you. So, so leverage that relationship. Nils, thank you so much for having me on today. Um, you know, I hope that uh this proves to be valuable to your audience and uh yeah, man, I think we get to hang out soon. Uh yeah. you know, yeah. in the next couple of months. So, um, I look forward yes. to, to seeing you and uh thanks again.
1: Yeah. Thank, thank you so much. It's uh it is it is such a privilege. I appreciate your Kind words, and and we are, uh, and he does have to pay for that <laughs> soon. <laughs> uh, but we're, you know, we're we're. It's just, it's this is this is such a, you know, I think there's there's, it's it's just such an exciting day where where I feel like I this podcast is you know, almost ten years old now, uh, and we've just had conversations uh, with with church leaders about social media and technology through the years, and. And we've seen, and, and in that, I've seen a lot of companies come and go. I've seen a lot of leaders come and go, um, and there's some that have just, you know, stuck. I used to have hair when I started this podcast, <laughs> uh, and and Drew, I see your hair, and I get so jealous. Uh, but. It's, uh, you know, it, this is, you know, the, the church I think is well-served, uh, it today. And I think there's great potential into the future. Um, and I'm excited about where we are and where we're going. And I'm grateful for all the listeners who've chosen to, to use this podcast as, as a place to learn and grow and connect and, uh, and so I'm, I'm just grateful today. So I'm grateful. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, if you would, uh, as you know, the only thing we ask, we don't sell anything on this podcast. We just ask it, would you share this podcast uh, with someone? Uh, I think there's probably somebody that you heard this conversation. Like, you know what? I think this person would, would enjoy listening to this conversation or leave a rating or review on Apple podcast or Spotify or wherever it is that you're listening. That helps reach more people. And it helps us get feedback as to how we can make this podcast more valuable for you. Uh, so we, le- we read all of those reviews uh, and we appreciate all of them. So thanks so much for doing that. Uh, and we look forward to talking to you again on the next episode.